Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, my Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the Mining Podcast. And today's guest is Vic Trotman, who's the president and CEO of Barksdale Resources, a junior miner who are acquiring, exploring and de-risking high quality precious and base metal projects in the Americas. Um, and they have assets in southern Arizona and Mexico. Uh, Rick's a geologist by background um, and has worked for the likes of Barrack and Yama. Uh, gold before moving into securities and private equity before taking the helm at uh, Barksdale Resources over five years ago. So he's here today to just tell us a little bit more about the company and the projects that they're involved in and potentially much more. So that's welcome Rick to the podcast. How are you doing Rick? I'm well, I'm well. Thanks for having me on Ron. No, appreciate your time as well. Uh, obviously we met a few months ago um, at a uh, mining conference um, so wondered if you can tell our audience a little bit about your career, about your background, um, so our audience knows a little bit about yourself. Sure, yeah. Um, so I'm a, a geologist by training, um, so I've got a master's degree in economic geology, which means that I like to solve puzzles and look for things and, um, you know, try to find things that are meaningful and try to find a value in things that are meaningful. Um, I banged around on rocks for a couple of years in Nevada, uh, and then went down to Mexico for Meridian Gold. Um, That company was eventually sold, and I moved off to uh, New York City, uh, worked in the uh, kind of mining equities um, world. So, you know, looking at different securities, all kind of large gold miners, um, kind of doing the whole buy, sell, hold kind of recommendation thing, um, which was okay. It was, it was nice that it taught me a little bit more about the financial system, how these companies work, what makes them tick, what investors like to see, things like that. But ultimately it wasn't my forte. Um, and I moved into private equity from there, went out to Denver, worked with resource capital funds. Um, and that's where I really kind of developed my passion for investing in little spivvy exploration stories. Um, you know, I, I probably put three or $400 million to work um, in the mining sector while working there at RCF, everything ranging from little, you know, half million dollar investments in juniors all the way up to kind of $7,500 million investments in, in gold mining companies that are, you know, building development stage projects. So, but my passion always was in that junior explorer, um, segment of the business. Um, that's where you get the real torque. That's where you get the, 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 the passion of discovery and the excitement and, you know, those huge um, kind of run-ups in value and things like that. So I've always been attracted to that segment of the business. Ultimately ended up moving to Barksdale to try to get more exposure to stories like that and specifically Barksdale because I thought the story was good enough that I could put all my eggs in that one basket. So that's what led me here. Um, those are some of my skill sets, um, but inch deep and a mile wide, as they say. So kind of got experience in a little bit of everything. Yeah. So I just want to begin just obviously, like I mentioned, you've been with the company over five years now. 
Um, just wondering if you just give our listeners an overview of uh, Barksdale Resources. Yeah, so Barksdale is a, a base metal exploration company uh, focused primarily in the desert southwest, um, and that would be of the United States uh, as well as northern Mexico. So we've got assets in, in southern Arizona uh, and then in northern Sonora State. Um, and so we are looking for typically polymetallic deposits, things that have more than one economic mineral, um, with the core assets being our Arizona properties, which are our kind of porphyry and related deposits um, that are kind of copper, uh, silver, lead, zinc um, style assets. So th those are those are the key focus. Um, and we've got some real humdingers in the portfolio. So it's pretty exciting. Is there a reason why you focus on polymetallic metals? Yeah. So when I joined the company, we, we, that's the, the base asset that was already there. Um, so I kind of showed up a little late to the game. Um, the, the company was formed and secured an asset, did a first fundraising effort, kind of a, a group of investors all kind of banded together and got the hard yards done. And then I came a couple of months later. Um, so that asset was already in place. It's called Sunnyside. Um, so I, I didn't kind of work on that initial deal. Um, but the 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 reason I joined was because of that asset and the attractive nature of it, what what it represented and and kind of uh, the 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 risks and opportunities there just made sense, especially for a, a fellow like me that was looking to be kind of a first time CEO. I needed to have a story behind me that made sense. You know, if I could show a picture to my grandma and she understood what it meant from a geologic standpoint, then, you know, half the battle is already won. And, and that's what Sunnyside represented to me. It was a great opportunity and a simple story. Um, now, the execution on that story has taken a lot longer than I ever imagined with permitting and things of that nature. But the underlying value opportunity is still just as alive as it was when I joined the company. So lots of excitement ahead of us. Yeah. So I wonder if you just tell us a little bit more about Sunnyside Project. Yeah. So um, Sunnyside... Uh, similar to a lot of places in Arizona, uh, there's a lot of um, kind of copper porphyry centers. Um, Sunnyside just happens to have a very large one that's all intact. Throughout Arizona, you, you tend to get these very large porphyry copper systems, and then they've been kind of diced up, moved around, flipped over. Um, Sunnyside has a very large porphyry that's in place, but rotated slightly. And the, and the awesome part about that, Rob, is... Um, while the porphyry itself isn't a stunner, you know, it's it's got, you know, decent mineralization associated with it. It created something off the side of it, an accessory deposit, um, kind of a scarn and manto system that's world class. And um, the opportunity for us at Sunnyside is to basically connect the dots between a very large porphyry copper and a very large carbonate replacement system that's immediately next door. Um, so basically the gap in between, that's the, that's the zone that we're looking to explore and show that this is one continuous, very large deposit. And just by happenstance, the neighbor is building a mine on that very large carbonate replacement deposit. So, you know, it's a, it's a very important asset to, to look at. Um, it's a very exciting asset to explore and ultimately, you know, we want to prove how much of this beast is sitting on our property. So, yeah, so I just wanted to just tell us a little bit more about, obviously, the, your neighbor in Arizona. Um, and how important is their development 
and in terms of moving your project along? Yeah, yeah, it's critically important. Um, so the, the neighbor is a company called South32. They're a very large, um, diversified mining company headquartered out of Australia. It was a spin out of BHP, Billiton's non-core mining assets a, a few years back. Um, you know, they mine coal, they mine copper, they mine um, lead, zinc, silver um, all over the world, uh, nickel. Um, and this is one of their kind of key assets in the Americas. Um, and so they they spent a lot of money buying this asset, at, you know, over $2 billion Canadian. And they put hundreds of millions of bucks into it kind of from a de-risking standpoint. So um, for us, having a neighbor that is, you know, very aggressive on spending, very aggressive pushing that project towards development, it's, it, it's fantastic because each dollar that they put into the ground de-risks the whole district, right? It's it's a stamp of validation that investors can use, that groups like I myself can use to to know that all of the effort, all of the investment is worthwhile because ultimately the district will be economic from a development standpoint. And and these guys are, you know, embarking on a very large capital project to to put this mine in production, or or at least they're making that construction decision here in the the very short term and so you know them moving forward to build this mine de-risks the whole area um, and kind of puts that stamp of validation right squarely on our project because ultimately if we have the other part of the same ore body and and should it hold together from a continuity standpoint and should it have high grades um, that all is just a cherry on top the phrase uh, grade is king seems to be a secret to mining success. What advantages would you say that the Sunnyside project has over uh, the South 32's Taylor Hermosa project? I don't know if we have any distinct advantages. I mean, quite honestly, we haven't explored it yet. Um, um, you know, I, I think what we can bring to the table is is the potential for, for more high-grade ore. So, um, Typically in these types of systems, the closer you get to the heat source, um, the more fluid flow you've seen, the more fluid flow a rock sees, generally the, the higher the chances are that you're going to see an accumulation of grade. Um, and so, you know, what we're hoping for is that as you get closer to that porphyry edge that you see a, a kind of a thick scarn developed, you know, which could and typically are, you know, higher grade resources, um, and then that will kind of transition out into these series of mantos. And we know that those are high grade. So the more high grades that we can find, the more incentivization there is for those, you know, ores to be mined one day. Um, you know, the the the, the graded king, um, you know, kind of philosophy is, is true. Why mine 10 tons of ore to get the same metal, you know, that you could get from one ton of ore? It, it costs significantly less to mine that one ton there's a lot less risk involved and you get you know better margins and things like that so people are always going to focus on the higher grades because they accelerate you know cash flow um they accelerate or they increase your margins things like that so um the goal for us is not to find a sea of you know kind of moderate grade material or low grade material we don't want to be the biggest what we want to do is show that there's something important there and important things in this business, you know, tend to do well from a valuation standpoint. And at the end of the day, we're in this endeavor because we want to make people money, the, the people that have supported us along the way. 
Yeah. Um, and I wondered, yeah, if you can just tell us a little bit about the management team um, and the people behind the business to support uh, Barksdale, Barksdale's sort of progress. Yeah, so the management team is pretty small. Um, we keep it all nimble and 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 pretty pretty compact. Um, you know, I, I run the show, um, and I've got a couple of uh, VPs under me that are very good at what they do. Um, so I've got a fellow named Tom uh, that runs all of our exploration programs. He's got forty plus years of experience. I got a fellow named Andy, who kind of looks at all the development style. Um, efforts looks at you know engineering scenarios things of that nature on on kind of our project in mexico as well as some of the de-risking things at sunnyside and then i've got uh, a lady named terry ann who's phenomenal and, and handles everything from the investor relations standpoint um, so that's kind of the core team um, we have other players um, kind of outside of the vp suite um, although it's only a handful um, and that's the the technical team on the ground and that's a growing team um, so, you know, good folks, um, all in it to to win it, so to speak, all aimed at the same targets. Um, and then that's complemented with, you know, a great shareholder base that's been very patient. They understand what we're looking for. They understand the timing. They understand all the risks. And they also understand all the opportunities. And so, you know, that combination of a great team and a great shareholder base that's the key in the, the mineral exploration business. Um, you can't have, you know, kind of fly by night folks that, you know, are only looking at what their potential returns are over the next two months before they move on to the next investment. Um, you know, we look for long-term stable shareholders that kind of have a thesis that aligns with ours uh, related to the company. And, and, you know, that goes for the management team as well. They all have to kind of believe in the same, outcomes um and and believe in the same strategy to achieve those outcomes and that's what we have here why don't you just expand on your shareholder base sure yeah it's it's varied um but it's quite concentrated um you know we have probably 70 percent of our stock in the 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 hands of the top 40 investors and that ranges from you know institutional funds um mostly Americans at this point, um, you know, groups like Crestcat, um, US Global. Um, but we have lately picked up uh, a couple of funds in Europe, as well as some funds in Canada. Um, I would say overall, roughly a quarter of our stock is in the hands of funds. Another quarter of our stock is in the hands of really good kind of corporates. Uh, that includes Tech Resources, which is a very large diversified mining company. They've been a supporter for us for a long time. And have made uh, multiple investments in the company. Um, same thing with Cisco Development Corp. Uh, and then Tusk uh, Mineral Exploration as well. Uh, that's a company that's run by a, a fellow named Randy Rifle. Um, yeah, and then there's a couple of uh, high net worth people that are in there as well. Um, roughly 20% of the stock. And, um, you know, they tend to be mining CEOs that um, and, and kind of power players that... Um, know how to invest and are in it for kind of big swings, so to speak. Um, so we've got all the right people in there. Um, the stock is pretty tight. We don't have a lot of free float. Uh, management owns a decent amount. Mind you, you know, I wasn't there at the beginning. I didn't get any of those, uh, you know, fun one cent pieces of paper. I bought most of mine on market or through option exercises, but uh, I still have, you know, million point four shares. Um, so, you know, we're all invested in this. We're all aligned. And, um, 
yeah, it's a great shareholder register that we have. Well, maybe you can just tell us a little bit about your projects in Mexico as well. Yeah, the projects in Mexico are are interesting projects. They're, they're kind of taking a backseat to Arizona now that we're getting close to having our permits to drill at Sunnyside. Um, but, you know, we have a, a project called San Javier down there. It's a copper gold system. Um, it's in a district that's anchored by our third or fourth largest shareholder of Cisco Development. Uh, they've got a little gold mine there. Um, and so, um, you know, we're kind of in a good neighborhood. We've got great prospectivity for, for copper resources. Um, we have a resource there, you know, nearly half a billion pounds of copper in the ground, uh, kind of oxide resources. Um, and we're, we're completing a PEA on that right now to kind of put, um, ascribe some value to it. So uh, we should have that out here in the next month or so. Um, and so, like I said, that's kind of taken a backseat to Arizona at this point, but it's a it's a it's a key piece of optionality for our shareholders. So, you know, whether we ultimately sell it down the road, uh, joint venture it off, um, combine it with another entity, or what have you, um, there's lots of, or even advance it ourselves. There's lots of opportunities there, um, and the key in in this space is to have lots of different options for paths to proceed, um, and that's what we have with San Javier. What would you say to potential investors that were looking to potentially invest in uh, Barksdale um, and why should they follow follow, follow you and the, the company? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'd tell them to, to do their homework and, and take a look. Um, I think we've got a lot to offer. I think we've got some great projects. I think that ultimately, if we achieve what we think we can achieve, the the potential is great for everyone to make a lot of money. Um, and that's what ultimately you want in the the, the junior explorer investment space. So, um, you know, do your homework, look at Barksdale and hopefully buy some bro. And what are your thoughts on the, the junior market in, I suppose, the jurisdictions that you're working in, whether that's in the US or whether it's just in Arizona or even in South America, what do you see in, in the junior space at the moment it's all over the map rob um you know latin american countries right now seem to be going a bit crazy um mexico for instance is kind of rammed through a couple of different um new mining laws uh, kind of focused on on mining um you know kind of the creeping expropriation type stuff um so that's not fun um chile is doing the same thing you know most most of these countries are kind of all leaning the same way, right? And it's that slow um, creeping expropriation where they slowly raise taxes, raise royalties, all these types of things, make it a little bit harder to do business, but only a little bit. So that way you're still kind of motivated enough to keep things moving forward. Um, so it's a bit of a pain, um, but it's the lay of the land. Um, the United States has just always been a just a giant pain. Um you know, the permitting regime in the States is is just broken. Um, you've got a lot of NIMBYs um, in the States. Those are people that are, you know, not in my backyard. Um, so that while they might be fine with something, um, you know, conceptually, they just don't want it to be in their backyard. Their backyards tend to be very big. Um, you know, they don't want it in their regions. Um, so, you know, it's it's tough. Um, but there's a, there's a flip side to that in that, you know, in the United States, if you have something that's worthwhile, you tend to get a big premium on it because it's a 
pain in the butt to push things forward. And so if you have something that's of good quality and you're able to advance it, you can get a premium that is significant over most other countries, right? Because the barrier to entries are are there. Um, and so that's why we like the United States. Um, there's a certain amount of comfort that, you know, you know, your, your tax regimes and your royalty rates and all those types of things aren't just going to suddenly go flying up. Um, but you do have to deal with the politics and you have to deal with the people. And those tend to be a bear. So, you know, you take the good with the bad. Um, unfortunately, the uh, the ore is where the ore is. And you've got to kind of, you know, go to, where, go to where the minerals are. Yes, certainly. And what's the outlook for the company over the sort of next six to 12 months? Well, we're going to start drilling and, um, you know, they call it the truth machine, you know, the drill rig. So um, we're going to start putting results out into the market and uh, hopefully show people what we have. And, and you know, Mother Nature plays along. Uh, you know, we could have something that's pretty important, pretty exciting. And, um, you know, the the, the 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 drill rig will tell us all here soon. And lastly, uh, the audience uh, that listen to this this podcast and also obviously on our YouTube channel, um, are predominantly people within the mining industry, uh, whether they're in operations or whether they're in corporate. Um, we also obviously have people, um, suppliers into the industry um, and obviously investors as well. So I just wonder if you had any last words that you want to uh, give our give our audience. Hmm, yeah. yeah. That's a tough one. Um, I would say right now that, you know, mining markets are tough. You've got to kind of do your work and you've got to find the the little bright shining lights in this dark sea of gloominess. Um, <laughs> you know, at some point the tide will come in, all the boats will rise, but you've got to find those ones that really resonate with you and um, are meaningful to you. And that involves doing a bit of work. So there's lots of hidden gems out there. Um, yeah, try to find them and buy them uh, because at some point that tide will come in and things will just go crazy. Um, and you have to be in it to win it at the end of the day. Certainly. Rick, really appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on to the uh, podcast. Uh, give us a, um, an overview of um, Barkside, sorry, Barksdale resources and um, give us an overview, obviously, of, of your assets in Arizona and Mexico. Um, really appreciate your time. Wish you all the wealth for the remainder of the year. Perhaps you might want to come on next year and uh, sure. give us an update on the uh, on the projects. And um, yeah, really appreciate your time. Yeah, that'd be lovely, Rob. And uh, thanks yeah. for having me on. It was a pleasure. Yeah, no worries. And thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Appreciate your, your continued support. Please keep sharing these episodes amongst people within the industry. So obviously have, uh, follow follow mining. Uh, professionals but also people outside of the industry whether they're investors or not um we need to we need to educate the wider the wider um wider world should i say to people that are not in the mining industry they need to understand what mining is um, because i think a, a lot of people out there don't know what mining is and what what value obviously is needed uh, for for human for mankind and for us to evolve as as a species, um, mining also plays a, a, a an important role in certain um, jurisdictions and certain countries. And provide it does provide a lot of um, 
a lot of communities with with resources. So um appreciate if you can continue keep sharing this episode to far as wide as possible. So until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.